1: Welcome back to the 750. I am your O, RJ Ochoa. He is your 75 two time Super Bowl champion, college football hall of famer, the one and only Tony Casillas, TC. What up?
2: I'm doing great, RJ. Great to be with you as always as we do our Tuesday rendition of the 750. I'm doing great, my man.
1: I did want to ask you, Tony, before we started uh, with the beginning this week if you were an Olympic athlete, what would you want to compete in?
2: Oh, gosh, I think I would go. I'm going to be the fastest person on the planet to be track and field without a doubt.
1: See, like that. I mean, not that any, you know, that. not that there's an Olympic sport that doesn't require a life's amount of work, but like that requires way too much work to me. You know what I mean? Like I don't and I don't want to go to the Olympics. Like I want to go to the Olympics and I want to have a good time and I want to see everything and still get my gold medal. And so, like, I was reading, did you know they have three-on-three basketball as part of the Olympics yeah. this year?
2: I saw that. They're starting to have all these different different type of events. But, I, yeah, I, I did see that. That's pretty That's interesting.
1: A, I would like to do that, um, you know what I mean? I would like to do, maybe, if I have to do, like, a team sport, uh, maybe if you think three-on-three is too small, maybe, maybe basketball, maybe soccer, baseball's back, certainly golf, be calling Morikawa. I mean, you know, the track and field's way too much. I'm not committed to that.
2: Well, it, when I watch the hurdles, and I know how hard that is, I I just think that it'd be great to be labeled as the fastest person on the planet. And, uh, you know, to the point of all the other sports, um, I, I think golf would be another individual sport to play. Uh, but I think I'm going to go traditional. I think the thing that I'm so amazed every year is gymnastics. I mean, the, mm. what these... You know men and women do with their bodies and just the the fact that when i was like in second grade i got on the balance beam and fell off and i thought i would falling off like i was 20 feet in the air but i was only like two feet off the ground what they do on the balance beam is amazing but this is a great week coming up i mean for the opening of the ceremonies we got a lot to watch you know on tv and, and just a whole you know last year canceling because of the pandemic um Man, I, I'm excited, man! I'm almost excited as about the, you know tonight's uh, game six of the uh, of the uh, NBA Finals. It should be yeah. pretty exciting.
1: Good sports week ahead, certainly. Um, I like epic things, and I like when, when everybody's like tuned into the same thing. The finals have that feel. The Olympics have that feel for a long time, obviously. Uh, but so, yeah, lots of American pride going on. One of the greatest Americans, uh, greatest Cowboys of all time is, of course, Roger Staubach. Uh, you've spoken before, Tony, about how you came uh, into ownership of a signed jersey of Roger the Dodger. You have a different signed jersey, it looks like, to tell us a story about today, though.
2: You know, I, I do. And so it all started, well, it was a, I don't know, three weeks ago or a month ago. I played at the golf tournament. They had the Salads auction, as you alluded to. I got Roger's, uh, Rogers signed jersey, uh, which got it at great value. And then yesterday I played in a golf tournament. I was invited to play, and and they had a lot of memorabilia. And the original 88 was actually emceeing the event, which was hilarious. Hall uh, of Famer. Does it. Hall of Famer, Drew Pearson. Um, it's an organization that's been around for, for a long time. Uh, boys and girls club, but this this place that I, it, it's called Memphis, and it's in Addison. If you're familiar with the Dallas area, uh, it's been I think a, around for 30 years. Uh, I remember the first time I ever met Too Tall Jones is when I was ah uh, when I was traded to Dallas, and I always heard about Too Tall the largest in life, which he is. Um, went to this place and he was in the back corner with a bucket of Miller light. And I just go over there and I was kind of starstruck and I said, Hey, what's going on too tall? And he goes, welcome to Dallas. Uh, but anyway, they had this uh, the live auction yesterday. And uh, one of the items was uh, Tony Dorsett's, uh, you know, signed Jersey. And so I thought, well, how great would that be to add to my collection? Uh, the triplets of the seventies with Roger Staubach, Tony Dorsett, and Andrew Pearson. So, uh, lo and behold, I want it. I guess you uh, it, it's you don't actually want it. You have to pay for it, but it's for a great organization. So uh, as I'm holding up to you, RJ, uh, I have my sign Tony Dorset jersey to add to my collection. I don't know. I just thought, you know, these things are priceless and as time goes by, you get the opportunity to To bid on things, and you know the history with the Cowboys being in the market. I thought, let me add it to. But let me just say, like a side note, because I know your favorite cowboy all time is who? (laughs) What?
1: uh, No, (laughs) because because (laughs) I I mean you say that, and I've said it before. I I. Tony Romo took over the Cowboys when I was in high school. So, again, I, impressionable age, but obviously Tony set outranks that, him in Cowboys history.
2: No, no, no. Well, no. No, the story is – and I, I I get that. That was in your generation. So, right. you, you can really relate to Tony Romo. So, I got to tell you, man, I felt really bad for Tony Romo and, and the people that love Tony Romo. And I thought about you yesterday. Oh, no. So, so they have all these items. They're auctioning off. We got uh, Cowboy stuff. They got uh, – you know Yellowstone. You know autograph pictures and all this. You know Mike Madonna, the great, to play for the uh, you know Dodgers. Right. And just really cool stuff. So they had this plaque, uh, this picture frame that has Tony Romo's picture, and not a jersey, and has him autograph. And it's got a collage of different pictures. This the the beginning bid was two hundred dollars, and that was the last bid.
1: That's pretty and I reasonable, guess honestly. Ultimately, and but the fact well, that the, it was the last bid is depressing.
2: Well, yeah, my point is, is I'm looking at all this other things and there's people there that were generational like yourself. And I'm thinking they took it off because I guess they had a reserve for it. But I felt bad that almost bid on it for two hundred dollars. But it's a nice it's a nice frame. You see the frames it's like in your office I have right. with the frame and the, and the picture and in his autograph. But couldn't even get the reserve for a Tony Romo sign autograph tremendous pitchers couldn't even get the reserve rj and almost thought you know maybe that'd be a great early christmas present for rj (laughs) to get get this value and then but i just kind of felt bad but uh anyway um
1: well that is very cool that you got tony dorsett's jersey um nobody can see it obviously because it's a podcast but it's the old school cowboys road jersey the old school blue which is really nice to see too um very cool um i actually before we kind of get into stuff you know, the the one con, Tony, to being a professional athlete like you have been, is that you don't you don't know what it's like to like for normal people to get autographs. You know what I mean? Like like you've gotten autographs at some point in your life. Somebody some somewhere signed an autograph for Tony cassius and I'm sure it was very exciting, but it's different when you're not a professional athlete and, and you go to the game, the parking lot or something like that. You know what I'm talking about? And you get the autograph like it's a different rush. Yeah, you know I mean. So, oh, I love yeah. that
2: experience. That's one thing you miss it as an athlete, is, right? Is just the adulation and people actually want an autograph. I'm like, okay, well, it's not that real big, but I've always felt like that,
1: right? So very humbling. Um, I've told this story before, and I'll tell it very quickly. Uh, the first time I've gotten it twice. I got Romo's autograph. Mm-hmm. It was Christmas Day, 2006. And did you ever stay at the old Marriott by the airport? Okay. Was, that, was that still the team hotel?
2: That was the team hotel. Right.
1: Okay. Brought off uh,
2: Highway 4- 114. Yeah. 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 A lot of great so, members there. A lot of great so, team meetings before championship games.
1: Right. They, um, <laughs> that, that was the Cowboys team hotel before the Gaylord mm-hmm. uh, and before the Star and everything. So, right. uh, but so the Cowboys were staying there this Christmas Day, 2006. And it was the first Cowboys game I ever went to. And I was with my dad. And so he had been to a lot of games, so he was like, let's go to the parking lot, you know, because, uh, as you know, the players on their way in, mm-hmm. they sign autographs, right. players on, on their way out sign autographs, whatever. And so it's Christmas morning, players are getting ready, right, they're leaving the hotel, either going home, going to the stadium, whatever. Romo had just taken over, like, I don't know, a
2: month and a half prior. Yeah, that's too bad. Um, that was uh, just breaking out. Uh, it's, you're welcome to the world, Tony Romo.
1: Yeah, and so he, I remember, I'll never forget, he drove a Ford Expedition. Um, and so... Uh, way before any contract from the Cowboys or CBS ever came. And, uh, you know, there was a fence and you would, I'm sure you mm-hmm. you did this thousands mm-hmm. of times. You would go and you would you would hope that you would be the one. That's the feeling we're talking about. And I had a football that I was getting signed by a bunch of people. And I got to the line and Romo just kept going like away from me. Just, you know, and that's the the worst feeling, you know, because you're like, I'm not getting this. And he just, yeah. you know, he, he backed off and went to his car. And I was just devastated. Like we had, the, we had the game to go to and everything. And I was just like, the day was ruined for me and my dad turned me around and he pointed out a a stoplight he said hey son you know Romo's got to go through that light he's like if you if you run over there you know and you beat him like who knows what happens whatever (laughs) so I legit ran um, to the stoplight and I beat Romo there no big deal I beat a Ford Expedition Um, (laughs) and uh, I looked up and the light turned red and so I was like freaking out like well what's about to happen like he has to stop because he obeys traffic laws you know what I mean and um so as he was rolling or like you know coming to a break he was rolling down his window and had a sharpie in his hand and uh, and he signed my football he said Merry Christmas dude and, and he walked out or drove off cool. and that was I will never in my life ever forget. and then I came back and my dad and I hugged and it was this awesome moment and so like that is the power of that kind of stuff
2: well it's very impressional. I mean, that's something you're always – the great story that you always have. And and now I can understand why you, you're such a big fan. I mean, that's – you know, that's the greatest thing about being able to touch someone, when, you know, right. to get a little bit sentimental. as a You know, these fans – and I've always said that that's the reason why you love the game so much. And the fact that he made your day in 2006 on Christmas, I mean, what a great <laughs> gift to you. And kudos to your dad. Your dad, you know, he should – he deserved you know him. Uh, dad of the uh, of the twenty first century for doing something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean it was a cool moment. The Cowboys lost uh, that day to the Jeff Garcia led Eagles. Um, so not a fun day uh, no. in that sense, but uh, still a very cool experience nonetheless. But, but shout the story out to was the...
2: going really. The story was going really <laughs> good until you said they got beat by the Eagles yeah. by Jeff Garcia. But nevertheless, you got your wish. That's, shout that's out the, to the the, uh, the old
1: Marriott by the airport. That was a a good place. Oh,
2: God, that was a uh, tremendous place.
1: Um, I'm sure, sh- I'm sure it was a far more tremendous place for you than it was for me. Uh, but, um, okay. So, well, very cool story about two different Tonys, uh, with one Tony, uh, it's a big Tony day here, uh, on the seven five Oh, uh, so Tony, uh, these are some comments that some would construe as controversial. Um, but you know, we're just going to examine them. Um, on Monday, it was a big story that Michael Irvin, who has signed many an autograph himself, Um, had a a thought, I guess is the the most ambiguous way to term it, Mm -hmm. regarding vaccinations in the NFL. Uh, The league is hoping to have every team above 85% vaccinations, obviously. Uh, This is obviously a polarizing subject in, I was going to say the country, but the world as a whole. Um, And so obviously we've all been in the pandemic for a year and a half now, approximately. And so Michael Irvin, Tony, generally speaking, basically effectively said, you don't want to win badly enough if you aren't willing to get vaccinated. And every person's you know, choice to get vaccinated or not to is completely theirs. Everybody has the right to have their own thoughts and opinions on this. Um, where Irvin is coming from, this is my read on it, you can tell me if you disagree, is, and people talked about this last year when the season was beginning. Um, you know, the the common phrase was the, the team that stands the best chance is, is the team that's going to be the healthiest, the team that mm-hmm. isn't going to lose players to COVID. And we saw that throughout the season. We saw different players test positive or, or have a close contact trace and, and therefore be unable to play. Des Bryant couldn't play against the Cowboys because he was ruled out just, I mean, right before the game. Cam Newton couldn't play for the New England Patriots. The Denver Broncos literally did not have a quarterback because of different you know, protocols and, and the NFL tried to do what they could in a safe manner. Um, and so this season, Tony, obviously with a lot more information than we had last year um, and the vaccination, you know, available to different people, to all people, um, it, it seems that, you know, Michael Irvin drew the conclusion that the Cowboys players who are not above 85% seemingly don't want to win badly enough. I don't want to speak for Michael Irvin, but what was your read on his comment? <laughs>
2: Well, I think it's as Michael trying to grab some grab some news again, and and look, I uh, whether he's being ambiguous or just as I just mentioned, trying to grab some some headlines. First of all, this, I think it's totally different than it was last year. As you mentioned, everyone has a choice to either get vaccinated or to not get vaccinated. Uh, I, I will say this: that regardless whether it's right or wrong. Uh, there is a lot of people in corporate America are facing the same challenges whether you get vaccinated or you keep your job. Right. And so, you know, that's a hard line to take, uh, but we're at the point now where we're trying to stay in front of this pandemic and seemingly have been doing that. Um, but my comment to, to Michael Urban is that what have they been doing for the last 20 years? I mean, are they, have they, you know, there was no pandemic. Uh, and yet they, you mean, you're just and, talking about winning now, right? Yeah. And winning and winning championships. So if you're gonna use one isolated in, in, in incident, and in which I think I, I, I get it, but there's only what thirteen other teams that met that 85% threshold in the National Football League. I believe that's what I read this morning when before we came on and started a podcast, is that guys have the chance. Now is how detrimental is that when you 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 I mean, first of all, all the guys that hadn't been vaccinated got to wear masks mask and go through all that and just be able to stay isolated. Uh, they got they can't eat with you know the team that the, the players have been vaccinated, you know, right. training camp can eat together. So it's kind of like a bubble. So I don't know how to interpret that. I don't know if I'm going to interpret that as being selfish and not thinking about winning uh, or just more or less just thinking about the underlying issues that you have with it. And look, at the, there was a point when I'm like, you know, now I'm like, why wouldn't you get vaccinated? Because it is prevention. It is if you have, you know, if you're in a, a proximity business of playing the game of football, that it's hard to, you know, to, to stay separated because you're sweating, you're playing, breathing on each other. I mean, it's a very intimate job, right? Mm-hmm. So I think you'd be more prone to do that. But I'm going back and forth in that. But I mean, for me, it's it's if you're going to look at that, use that as the narrative that you don't want to win championships because you don't get vaccinated. Michael, what have they been doing for the last 20 years? Has there been it, an incident where they made a choice? And look, it is it is all about staying healthy, right? But it's it's totally different when you look at it the analytical way of winning. And look, I think everyone has a choice to get vaccinated or not vaccinated. And I think that that's their choice. Uh, but I'm not going to go so far as say that's the reason why that this team is not going to be able to win championships. It's a prevention. Yes, it is. But I put it in the books that that's the reason why at the end of the season, when, after 17 games, we'll see what this team does. And we'll see if it's because just because they weren't able to get it done because lack of performance or injuries or what so forth.
1: So Irvin's full comment, uh, and I'm reading this from ESPN's, uh, transcribing of it, um, you know, talked about how, the, you know, the, he was obviously talked about how the Cowboys are not among the teams, the 85% threshold. And he said, yeah. And it should upset them. Um, it should upset them. Dude, you're not thinking right. You're not thinking right. Whatever you got. I don't give a damn. Nothing else can be more important. You're not going to get this talking about a super bowl easily. Nothing else could be more important. Jimmy made that abundantly clear. Nothing else is more important, and not being one of the the teams says there's other things to a great number of people on this team that are more important than winning championships, and that makes me worried. So I think the part that you're talking about that you – again, I don't speak for you – that you don't necessarily agree with is this last part where Irvin is saying – by the Cowboys not being one of the teams above the threshold. And by the way, NFL network did report on Monday that while the Cowboys are not above 85%, they are not one of the two teams below 50%. Uh, And Mike Garafolo did, did suggest that it's possible the Cowboys could be above 85% soon. So we'll see about that. But uh, again, Irvin's point here is, um, not being one of the teams says there's other things to a great number of people on this team that are more important than winning championships. And that makes me worried and I agree with you. That does feel like, I don't want to call it low hanging fruit, but it, it like, this isn't, I'm, I'm no longer talking about the vaccine. Like this, to, this feels like making a mountain out of a molehill. Like you're taking one thing and saying, this is the re-, like, this is proof you're not committed to winning a championship. Like this has nothing to do with that. Ultimately.
2: Yeah, I think there's more far there's far more reasons why this team has failed over the last you know five or so. How long it's been? I mean, it's been a hell of a long time since they've been relevant and to really use this. And, and, and to me, this is this is a stone for Michael to to grab some to be controversial and, I, and, and shout out to him for being controversial and actually saying something uh, objective about the Cowboys because usually he's the, the biggest <laughs> fan. So well, I'm like, okay, where did this come from? When he's talking, to, and look, his it, and and I, I think that that's the thing when we 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 judge so you know so quickly, RJ, and in our business, it, you know, when we're we're doing our podcast or whatever you're you know you're tweeting and whatever you know whatever you're reporting, is that we're judgmental. And we don't understand that, and I think that uh, the teams that are below fifty percent, to me, that would be a far more problem than the 85% threshold because right. 50%, that's pretty low. So what message are you sending there? And look, the, the thing also is that, you know, last year during this pandemic, when guys went and they were around and subjecting themselves to places that, you know, the guy goes into a, a strip bar and all of a sudden they're in protocols at Dwayne Haskins last season, was it last right. year when he went out? You know, to me, this is a choice whether you want to play or not. And it's kind of the fine line whether you get vaccinated or non-vaccinated, because if you do, if you do get exposed to COVID and you've been vaccinated, I think you know I'm not a doctor. I've been vaccinated. Um, I think the ramifications are far less than if you have it. So I think that that's some stipulation to players. And look, I've always said this. I said this many times. The corporate America does not apply to sports professional sports it's just totally different yeah but i always said i always thought if, if you're politically and this is always different if you want to get understand how we can all get along um you hang out in the locker room for a while and you understand that everyone can coexist but the COVID thing to me is uh, again i think that michael is using this as is out of context with what the point he is trying to make
1: um i understand how somebody in this case irvin could make the connection or or could connect the dots rather between okay they don't want to get vaccinated that means they don't want to win enough i i get i get the like the definition of that because right like the idea is if you're vaccinated you can be around more your chances of landing on the covid list are lower and therefore your chances of being together are higher right like that yeah but but
2: rj it's like this this does Michael know the facts about the factual information when it comes to health related? Well, you know, yeah. guys may be, guys, it may be, it's almost like I'm going to convert you, whatever, if you're Catholic, oh, I'm going to convert you to being a Baptist. Okay. Right. I mean, it's your own belief. And one of the underlying issues also, because I've been judgmental and people, you need to get vaccinated. is maybe they have some underlying issues. Sure. If they get vaccinated, it'll perpetuate what they already have going on. So, I think that again, it's more of him trying to grab the the headlines as opposed to my facts behind what you're saying.
1: Yeah, no, and I totally agree that nobody knows what every there's what 3000 players in the NFL, right? Like nobody knows what all 3000 are dealing. Nobody knows what all 53 or 90 on a given team are dealing with, right? Like every person, these are athletes that their livelihoods are their, their bodies, right? Like that's how they make their living. And so they have to be inordinately careful with what they're doing. And so I totally get that. My point is I like the, there is like a, there, there are these dots to connect that, that Mm -hmm. Michael Irvin is connecting, but before, like, I think before any person would connect them or, or you know, what what I would do if I was going to connect them is I would I would take a step and say, OK, I can connect these dots. But what does that really mean? And to your point, it means, well, you know, I don't know what all these players are thinking. And I think something that's been kind of lost in all this, because Monday was nothing but headlines about the cowboy. You know, Michael Irvin says the Cowboys don't want to win badly enough. That was the headline wherever you saw this story. But I think we forget that last year and again, last year, was, we, we were at a very different place as a world. Um, obviously, you know, the NFL was at a different place on, within that umbrella. But the Cowboys were one of the teams who were kind of at the forefront of team unity within the pandemic. You yeah. I, I'm not talking about you specifically, but whoever's listening, you might have forgotten the Cowboys. You know, this remember this time last year, Tony. The NBA was in a bubble. The NHL was in a bubble. Uh, every major soccer league was in a bubble. Everybody was out in Florida doing the bubble thing. So they could finish out their seasons. The Cowboys created a bubble at the Omni because as you know, you can live in a bubble there, right? Like you mm-hmm. go from the Omni right. to, to the practice facility and they created a bubble. And they talked about that when they were all doing their, pre, uh, their training camp press conferences, how it was kind of player led, how they all sort of came to the realization together. Hey, the healthiest team is going to you know, stand the best chance this season in the NFL. And that's, that's like true, no matter what, right? Like whoever's like the healthiest always has the most success just with regards to injuries in football. But obviously last year COVID played a different role than we'd ever seen any other injury before. And so this Cowboys team, I don't think it's fair to accuse this specific group of not wanting to win enough when last year, they were way ahead of other NFL teams in that they went out of their way. And granted, they are the Dallas Cowboys, so they have the resources that are the Omni, that are the star. Like not every team has that, but still, the the leadership on the Cowboys team, which is the, the nucleus of it, was there last year. Went ahead and and did what they could so that they could stand the best chance as an overall group. That's why I don't. Again, I I don't want to say Michael Irvin's being unfair. It's just it's a comment that you're right. It it just grabbed headlines and it became. I I think the story became something that wasn't even like, I think people took the loosest part of what Irv said and then made that the headline, you know what I mean? And so that, and, and you know how this subject is anytime anybody brings up anything to do with COVID or vaccinations, it becomes people yelling at each other from across the sidelines.
2: Yeah. I don't think I would have used COVID as a reason for this team not being able to build championships. COVID didn't have anything to do with Dak Prescott blowing out his ankle last year. I mean, as you mentioned, I don't know, the, the cases that they had really didn't affect what they were doing on the field. It was more self-destruction. Self-destru- and, and look, I think that, you know, if there's a mandate, if there's anything, any stipulation in your contract or things that you do because you're not vaccinated or non-vaccinated, you got to miss you know, a lengthy period of time. I mean, I guarantee it a lot of the players, the and look, I don't know what the stats, I don't know what they reveal. I guess we'll know whenever we see players wearing masks at training camp, the ones that are vaccinated or non-vaccinated, because they're going to have to wear masks when they go they're, they're around each other. So I guess we'll be able to know that. But I could probably say this right now, the core players, and look, I don't, I don't know this for fact, but I'm going to be judgmental again. I would say the core players that on that team have been vaccinated. And I don't really need to mention names to understand the leaders and the corporate. Maybe I may be wrong, but I'm going to say Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott, uh, CD. I mean, the, the, the players, and I may be wrong, they may not be part of that percentage, but you know, it's a choice that needs to be made. And again, it's not, it, the corporate America is totally different. Um, you know, it's your job. Uh, there's a lot of people that make choices, whether they want to continue their job to be vaccinated and it just so happened in a National Football League or NBA or whatever you choose to do, um, sometimes those don't apply to that. But uh, again, I think it's a serve uh, trying to grab headlines and not really have any bases. Look, Jimmy Johnson, I mean I had I did, I did a demo on podcast. I had Jimmy Johnson I we, we I taped my podcast and we talk about some of the crazy things he used to do as a coach. It's totally different. I mean, it's totally, it's 25 years and moved or however long from the league. And it's so we're dealing with something that's a, a world pandemic and not right. just winning and losing a football game based on taking the vaccine or not taking the vaccine.
1: No, and so I want to be careful with what I'm going to say. Because um, I love Jimmy Johnson, right? And I, and you love Jimmy Johnson. Everybody check out the Tony Casilla show. That's awesome. Um, but so some t- this happens with certain people. Um, there And the two people that I think it happens the most with are Jimmy Johnson and Tony Romo. Now, let me say it is way more justified when it comes to Jimmy Johnson than it is Tony Romo. But people like Cowboys fans will, mm-hmm. will, will throw out statements and like some, sometimes when, when something bad happens to the Cowboys, like in modern times, people will say this would have never happened under Jimmy Johnson. You know, like, again, J- Jimmy Johnson deserves to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's one of the greatest coaches who ever lived. But the people add to the legend. You know what I mean? Like after the fact, they say, well, this would have never like Jimmy would Jimmy would have won this game 100 nothing, whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so like because pe- people live in that like, you know, that nostalgia in their minds and the same. This, are, yeah. Right. And people do that with Romo like, oh, well, well Romo would have made that throw. Like what, you know, Romo, like people like again, people harp on the things that they're attached to it. And so, like, again, Irvin throwing out, you know, well, Jimmy made it abundantly clear that it was all about winning. And, and you just said, like, yes, like you've, you've talked about that, like several times, like he, you know, flights home after losses were terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, people have heard all those legends. People have heard the legend of the asthma field, right? like all those stories. But again, that was not in the middle of a global pandemic. Like the, the, the that is an important piece of context here. Um, and you're right. Like. There are a lot of reasons why the Cowboys have struggled to win a championship. You said twenty <laughs> years when we first started; it's almost thirty years. Oh uh, no! Uh, I'm sorry. I'm Give the
2: benefit benefit of the doubt.
1: So, <laughs> last week Stephen Jones uh, did an interview, and this this made the rounds everywhere. Um, and he asked, you know, what one of his biggest regrets was, and he said not paying Dak Prescott earlier. And like, I I I hate to be the guy that bashes Stephen or Jerry. Um, because their jobs are difficult, and I realize that, but... It was like like this one example, and we'll see how the Cowboys play now with Dak on the price tag that he's on. But this was 100% predictable that that the market was going to rise, that that it was going to cost more money. You know, all of this was 100%, like it, literally not 50%, not 60%, 70%, not 85% to use the number that started this whole conversation. This was 100% predictable, and yet for whatever reason, whether his own arrogance or ignorance – Steven Jones dragged this out and paid way more money than he had to, to acquire his franchise quarterback. Now he got the deal done and that ultimately is what matters the most. But I mean, that's the reason is, is that, you know, Steven saying, yeah, well I probably would have done the thing that, you know, everybody knew I should have done two years ago. Like that's the reason the Cowboys haven't won a Super Bowl. It has nothing to do with this, you know, commitment to winning or whatever. It's that the front office doesn't have the foresight that a lot of other teams do in the NFL.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of people look at that as it's kind of a double down uh, situation for, for Stephen Jones. Not only are you having to pay him twice, it almost twice as much money, it seems. It, 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 just, it just went escalated. But the fact that even a quarterback who lost maybe a career season, a career ending injury, still had to pay more than what you would have when he, two years ago. So I think for him, I think that look, I do. I'll give him props for actually admitting, sure, that totally, he was wrong. Uh, but we all knew that, and the fact that he was just trying to play a little poker here and he ended up losing. And look, it would have. I mean, was, I don't. I don't see that as just losing respect for the decision making because I think everyone is put in a situation where you got to. Oh God, I got to you know, should I wait? Should I pay this guy now? I mean, should I take yeah, it? You know? It's not easy. I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, you're putting yourself in kind of a, a difficult evaluation, uh, you know, where you're waiting to see what you're going to have to pay him now or later. And unfortunately it's, it's the brand of the NFL that's just the freaking ceiling has gone through the roof because it's gotten bigger and bigger every year. And look, I mean, I hope, I hope it was a great mistake. I hope he's saying, you know what? that's the best mistake I ever made him two I, years ago when that goes out there and lights it up. And then he comes back and he's got to pay more money. I mean, yeah. I, I think that, I think that hopefully that's the something that he went back and said, Hey, I'm good with that. You know, I, I'm glad I waited.
1: I agree. But I guess now we're talking about this, like as a conversation, But don't we cap- already
2: know that what you just said, the, this, this franchise sometimes has made decisions. We're like scratching our head. Yeah, why did you make that? But that's kind of been the narrative with this franchise, you know, since Jerry's owned it, right? Right. I mean, and that's that's why you know, even the decision making to hire Mike Nolan and some of the decisions they made last year. Yeah, but I mean, we could question that because that look how that worked.
1: No, and that's to your point uh, a little while ago. Where is Michael Irvin on those things, right? Like Michael Irvin, and you're right. Like it was in a weird way, refreshing to hear Michael Irvin be critical of the Cowboys, just like in a general sense. <laughs> right. Um, but
2: like, what, but, what, what, is that Michael Irvin? Is he actually right. making Vince?
1: right? <laughs> but he came out and, and effectively criticized the Cowboys players for not wanting to win badly enough here by not getting, oh, he's not going to gonna the,
2: criticize Jerry or Steven or anyone that's, else. And that's what I'm saying so though. That, like, yeah. you
1: know, if, if you look at the, and, I did not. I don't think either of us meant to turn this into the like bag on Jerry and Steven episode. But if you look at the failures of the Cowboys, because they are failures, because they haven't won another Super Bowl in almost 30 Mm -hmm. years, the common denominator is the ownership, right? Like the coaches Mm -hmm. have changed, coordinators have changed, players have changed, quarterbacks have changed, like everything. Stadiums have changed, right? Like brands have changed. Like the one constant, there are two constants, Tony the ownership. And the fact that the, the organization continues to be worth more than any other in the world of professional sports. And so that's, you know, that's what the perception is, that that's enough. And that's a really frustrating, you know, reality or potential reality for a lot of Dallas Cowboys fans. Um, and it's tough. And so you're right. Like they, they allow, look, the jury is I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that the jury is still out on Mike McCarthy. We'll see. The guy hardly had a fair shake last year. We've discussed that many times. But they did allow him to hire Mike Nolan, right? Like they they did a. Al- they are the team who insist on you know elevating Jalen Smith. Like they do all these different things. Those things really conflict with the idea of wanting to win wa- way more than this particular one does.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I think that that's there's there's so many other things that we could categories we could look at. And I mean, bang, like, so- it,
1: sorry, Tony, not to cut you off, but no, they are they they're insisting on having training camp in California. Right. For example, right. Like that's, that's because that's what they want to do, right. They they want to go to California and it's, it's a great place to be like weather-wise I'm not, California is awesome. I'm not trying to hate on the state of California or anything, but that's, they are insisting on that when it's probably a better idea again, in the midst of a global pandemic, Mm -hmm. to have training camp at home at the world-class facility that we already discussed. And so, did the players make that decision or did the organization make that decision? You know what I'm saying? Like if, if you really want to trace this particular idea back far enough, it all always goes back to the top.
2: Yeah. And I, I think that it, we mentioned, that, you know, when you talk about Michael, he's not going to say anything uh, negative or disagree with management. I just, that's just not him. I and mean, he has that type of relationship and good for him. But, um, you know, look, I, I think that the whole pandemic, you uh, in California, I think it's some normalcy because I think it's it's that fan base, it's being in California, and it's it's the, what we have to get everyone together, it has to get used to, is that the business aspect of running a team, right. Jerry Jones is a genius. Maybe not a genius sometimes when it comes to winning games, but as far as keeping, staying two steps ahead of everyone else when it comes to branding and marketing, that dude's won multiple Super Bowls. But I know, real quick, we kind of got up. We were to start talking about, you know, Mike Irvin's comments, and then we're talking about, uh, you know, some other things when it, when it comes to this. You know, training camp is coming up. You know, they were going to report this week. And I just wanted to ask you, real quick, what do you think the Cowboys, what do you want to see them accomplish in training camp?
1: Um, I mean, this is a, a very, very wide net that I'm about to throw out. That, you know what I mean? Um, and, I I realize that, and so this isn't like the most like you know analytically driven point. I just want to see. I I'm and I've said this before. I'm I'm tired of the like cutesy things at training camp. I'm tired of um, you know, and I I'm not cr- trying to this. I really have not been trying to criticize anybody. This was all Tony's fault, everybody. Tony's the one who got us ramped up. Um, but like I I don't want to see the Sanjay Lal wide receivers carrying bricks. Right. Like, I don't want to see tight ends doing drills where they're like holding their head under like a bucket of water and coming up to catch a pass. Like, you know what I mean? Well, like, this is
2: going to be a, they are going to be on hard knock. So you're going right. to really see some there'll be some production going on. I,
1: I just want to see straight up plain Jane football. You know what I mean? And that's that's what's been really absent for a while. Is we, we it's been so much about all this, so much about all that. And they really have they have had a really dominant story going into every training camp for a long time. There's no like dominant story, it's just that they're back. And so just be back, just keep your head down. I would love if hard knocks was super boring. You know what I mean? Like that's what I, I want just boring. Oh, I don't
2: want it to be boring. Well hard knocks being boring. I mean, come uh, on.
1: You know what I mean? I mean, so I just want – I want meat, I and, pota-
2: I no want drama, meat and potatoes just, football. Yeah, right. productive, a productive show. Right. And look, I think the, the point about, yeah, the Cowboys could have stayed at the star and didn't have to deal with all the things that go along with the pandemic and out um, in California, it's kind of hot out there right now. It's hot temperature-wise but as far as in the other variant. Uh, the part Delta, of the COVID, right. 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 So, but I do understand getting away and being together and, 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 you know, being as a team and going through that whole connection again, um, you know, training camp is not like it used to be. You don't go out there and beat the hell out of each other. So I think it is a good, that's a good component of this to be able to do that. Uh, but I, I would just like to see a lot, you know, Micah Parsons, uh, he's a guy that's just really grateful. So just can't believe he's starting. And you said, you tweeted that out on social media, but I want to see different positions. I want to see competition. I want to see Dan sure. Quinn what he's like with these players. I want to see guys working hard. And you may not be able to. See. I want to see competition in positions. I mean, they don't have to like show the the world, but I really want to see them really have a competition in different positions, where guys think, "Look, we're in you know a little inferior, they're a little unsettling at those different positions," and really get some stuff accomplished. Because I think you only have you only have what a week before you play, you know, go to play in, in the Hall of Fame Bowl uh, game in, in Canton. So right. I think there's a lot of things that need to happen. And, and and just the fact they have more time together is going to be good for this because, as I mentioned, they have a new defense coordinator, different players. Uh, but really, I'm just interested to see the competition at the linebacker position. To me, to me, that is probably going to be the story of the training camp and also – uh, I know it's going to be storing hard knocks. There's going to be a lot of different components of that, you know, rookies and stuff. But I think that's what I really, really want to see. Uh, but I'm like you, I want to be some, I'm going to see some energy and excitement yeah. and accomplishment coming out of there. I mean, I don't look, I think it's great to, you know, find some players that maybe that they don't, weren't talking about it, but I think some of the positions that they really need to, you know, to find is I mentioned defense and, you know, the, the, you know, is Ceedee Lamb going to come out as a number one wide receiver going that's, into the first game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers?
1: I think Ceedee needs to have a huge camp, and I don't mean this like like his spot on the roster is in jeopardy or anything. Obviously, mm-hmm. but we like from the moment he was drafted, mm-hmm. it was like this dude, and I don't, I I think this is going to happen still. Obviously,
2: dude that's, looks shredded too. Man. Yeah, that's I, him like, and, I mean, who's got the less body fat, Zeke or C.D. Lamb?
1: Definitely C.D. That's, Definitely C.D. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Really? laughs> but uh, know, but that, that's not that's not Big to speak sweaty. ill of Zeke. Um, <laughs> but I like so my point is like we've been on this path mm-hmm. of C.D. is eventually going to become the alpha. CD's is going to take over. So like let's see it. Like that's that's where we're at. Like I and I think if if we see that takeover from C.D., it it justifies a lot of the the hype around the offense because it's like holy crap, this dude. You know, it, it becomes, I can't believe CD fell to them all over again. You know what I mean? Um, I think CD's going to reannounce himself to the world this year with a. And it looks like he's been working
2: person. his ass off to to, yeah. to hopefully uh, have that role. So, um, it, it some interesting storylines in training camp.
1: My last question for you, Tony mm-hmm. Who did you hate going up against in training camp? Who did Larry you hate? Allen. Oh, yeah, it makes sense. The whole left side <laughs> of the
2: line. And to mention every time we we talk about Jimmy Jimmy Johnson, I automatically feel like I'm having another concussion because people just don't understand. You know, I'm the, the training camps are so different. We're so violent. I mean, it's violent enough. But the the drill that we ran the nine hundred seven live, you know, drill where it's just mono and mono, uh, and just everyone participated. It was live ammunition, buddy. And to be able to survive. So you get four reps, and if they run an OT counter where they block down with Eric Williams and Nate Newen and Larry Allen, if I could just get up and walk, I felt <laughs> yeah. like I could I could make it through the rest of the rest of the, the day of practice and training camp if I could yeah. survive that. <laughs>
1: um, that's a very fair answer. Um, well, um, very exciting times uh, are here. Training camp is here, Tony. Uh, football season is effectively here. Uh, we made it. Enjoy the Olympics. Enjoy the opening ceremony. Uh, Bucks or sons? Who you
2: got? Bucks. In six? In six. Okay. Four straight, baby. I agree, You th- actually. That's crazy to think that they – who had ever thought men two down, that they would – you know, they've won three straight. That's, I mean – It's been a hell of a series, man.
1: They, and you know what the the Milwaukee area needs it with all this Aaron Rodgers stuff going on, so um you know let's let's give them something to cheer about. So you know
2: maybe that's just what see that's a good thing for them because they deflect all that. I don't know what's thinking about Aaron Rodgers. Well, maybe just a little bit.
1: Right. But if they uh, if,
2: but if all those people are Deer was at was at uh, the uh, Deer Park. Man, I love Watson. twenty five thousand fans. Uh, you think awesome. they're worried? You think you think they're worried about uh, you know coronavirus playmaker? You think, think, you think they, those? people, you think, think <laughs> they're
1: they're only worried about Devin Booker and Chris Paul? That's it. Uh, but uh, sweet, so everybody have yourselves a good week. We'll see you next week. This was the seven five